I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Most of our clients are wonderful people, right? <laughs> they're fun to work with. They're, they're nice to be around. They're kind to us. They're reasonable. And, and it's a joy to work with. But it stands to reason that everybody you work with isn't going to be a nice guy. You know, it just kind of happens. Sometimes we find ourselves in a position where we get pulled into controversy or drama or just a lot of ridiculousness that, that may not be our fault at all, but we're in the front of it. And because we design with heart, because we care about people, because we want things to be right, that we really truly believe in that, it's sometimes very difficult, very hard emotionally when people are doing that to us. So here's some ideas for you. Here's a little, a little broad scope about that from, from a designer who's been around for 30 odd years and, and has seen a whole lot of that. You know, sometimes difficult people come in couples, right? In twos. I've had quite a few people, quite a few couples come to me and say, well, we just can't agree on what we want. He wants da, 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 da. And I want la la la. And I'm going, oh no. And they're going, well, so we decided that we're just going to let Terry decide. Now, <laughs> that's a bit of a big responsibility. However, the way I handled it was, was to interview her deeply and find out what her biggest pieces of concerns and wants and things were, and then look at his and get his biggest ones. And then between the two, try to pick out something that'll be a win-win for both of them and then we'll come out as a nice design at the same time. Now, I know you can do that. I know you've done that before. It's always kind of an odd position to get put in is kind of the deal breaker. But at the same time, um, it's, it's a bit flattering that, that they trust you to take in and consider all the things that are in there from both sides and come up with a great solution. So that's all great. Sometimes, sometimes they're not that nice though. <laughs> sometimes, there's one person in the couple who's very strong and kind of argumentative and, and forceful and somebody else who's on the other side who might be more passive aggressive and uses crying as a weapon. Um, I've been in a few of those where you just have to back off and look at what's going on and not get emotionally pulled into it because that's really not what it's about. It's really about a power play between them. Um, and sometimes you just got to let them work that piece out and figure out what's going on. Now, sometimes it could get worse than that. Sometimes, sometimes I remember one in particular, I was doing a builder specification package for somebody and it was back in my furniture store days. So I was doing it as a side job on the weekend and I would charge a few hundred dollars for doing this. This was back, okay, in the nineties. It's quite a while ago. Um, and I mean, we were sitting at the table with this guy and he's getting 
angry over what she wants in the entry floor. And it's just a little patch of floor right inside the front door. I mean, this is not a big deal. This is not the big decisions we have to make about this house. And I remember it was over, it was over a ceramic tile and he didn't want that. He wanted something. Anyway, blah, 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 you know, all about, all about this foyer. I mean, he was angry. He was literally banging on the table and yelling and she was crying. I mean, not, not manipulative, passive aggressive crying, really upset. And I was really freaked out about it. I mean, it really affected me as well as going, wow, I don't want to be here. And what I did was excuse myself and said, you know, guys, uh, this is not a situation I can be a part of. And I don't belong in the middle of whatever's going on between you. So I'm, I'm going to leave. And I really did get up and left. Now the builder fired me and that was okay with me because I am not going to put myself in a position where I am feeling unsafe. Okay. So, you know, that you have permission to get up and walk out if that's, if that's happening, because, you know, people deal with other, each other in different ways. And to me, it didn't feel safe at all. You know, the builder wanted to put it down, say, Oh, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, that sort of thing. Well, I think it was. And I don't mind losing his business and losing that little side job. I didn't think about it again. It was like, that's enough. We've had enough of those people. And if I can't imagine that building the house for them was any more pleasant than my little two hours with them on a Saturday afternoon, right? Sometimes you get in a place where you get a phone call from a client who's been fine all along, who loves you, thinks everything's great. And then all of a sudden, they're hugely upset over something that's really kind of small and fixable, like, like a back order. Okay. You know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, having a, just a total meltdown because she can't have what she thought she was going to get. Um, my best solution for those kinds of situations is to never contact somebody and tell them what the problem is until you have a really good solution. I always went it from the angle that, okay, let me find something that I think is really cool that's going to work out really well, and then explain that this back order has happened, that I've done a bunch of research, and I found an even better solution than what we had in the first place. Okay, now that works pretty well, and that particular wording and that idea you could put into your how we work statement in the very beginning uh, when you're setting up expectations about how this is all going to work, that that often problems create solutions that are even better than what we had to start with. And if you if you put that out to begin with, with a client and, and have them be open to those ideas and realize that you're highly creative and that this actually does happen quite often. <laughs> and sometimes that problem um, created a solution that was better than what we had in the first place. So if you start it in the beginning and then it happens and you walk in with the solution, not the problem, you're going to have a much easier time with it. Okay, much easier to deal with. Now, sometimes another spot you could get somebody really crazy at you and, and jumping all over you is like when a contractor's supposed to show up and they don't, okay? And they call you. And you you are not in charge of the contractor. It's not your fault that it happened. But you're feeling responsible, certainly. I mean, it. it I understand that. I mean, we design with a lot of heart. I mean, we want to take care of people. We want them to be happy. But there are things that are not part of your your responsibility or even your uh, ability to affect in any way. So you need to remember that. You need to, to let the person spew and let them say what they need to say and, you know, pat them a little bit and say, we're going to work this out. But you got to realize it's not your fault. 
you don't need to buy into that, and that you can separate yourself from that kind of yuck getting thrown at you. And you, you got to realize that a lot of times when when somebody who's been very kind and happy up until now is now throwing you under the bus and and being not nice to you, it's often because there's something going on in their life um, that you don't know about that's really causing that, and you're gaining the brunt of that. Now, another spot where we have challenges with clients is when they have difficulty making decisions or changing their mind after the decision has been made, right? Either one of those causes a great deal of havoc in our in our job timelines and trying to get things done on time and actually just trying to finish a job. It can really make it make it difficult. Now, some ways to help out with that are one, limiting the options for the beginning. Sometimes people have so many choices and we want to show them everything and go, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this. It's really too much for them. And the, the chaos is, is causing the inability to make the decision. Um, and they really, why they hire us is so they don't have to do that, even if that's not quite what they're saying. So in my book, the magic number is three options. If you always present with three options, this, this, or this, or you present with one and you've got two to back it up, you're going to be in a pretty good spot because that gives people the ability to choose if they feel like they need to choose things. And then it gives you some control over it doesn't go on and on and on. Now, you put that in your letter of agreement that you're going to provide up to three choices for everything. And then you also provide the option if they want to go over, then you're happy to. Okay. But it costs more. Right. And so when somebody asks you for more, when they, when you present your three options and they can't make a decision and you know, they want more, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's always kind of, I chuckle about that because they don't realize that we looked at a thousand things to get to these three. And if we look at 2000 more, they aren't going to be as good as the first thousand that we went through, you know, but okay. If that's what she wants, great. And you can say, Hey, um, I fulfilled the, my contract. We, we agreed that what well, I would give you a, three options and we've got those there. I'm happy to do more. However, I have to charge you my hourly rate. And I believe it's probably about three hours to, to make that happen. So, um, $600, is that good with you? Now, you always want to get permission for that. Just because you put it in the contract that if they want more, you're going to charge more for it, you want to say it right then and there and not surprise them with a bill later that they didn't know about or they pretend they didn't know about or however that comes out. So communication is is paramount, right? Always. Communication is so, so important. But you can just say that right then and there and either you get permission to do more, and in which case you invoice it immediately Okay. And when you receive payment on it, then you go do that research. Okay. Or they go, no, no, it's all right. I think I'll make the decision on this. That's okay too. Right. It solves the problem. Now, another piece that can help is explaining how long they have to make those decisions in, in choosing what they want and in the point where you've provided proposal to purchase. Okay. The, the, you don't, where you don't want to get stuck in is, is they take, you know, weeks to decide what they want and then it's not available. Or you put the proposal out and they don't respond. And then two weeks later, they, they fund it and then the thing isn't available or the price is doubled or some stupid thing like that has happened. Right. So you need to have some time frames around that and be able to talk to them about that, about why that's important and what it is that needs to happen. Okay. That also can be in your letter of agreement. Now, the reason I keep saying put it in the letter of agreement is it's much easier to hold to these boundaries 
when you have it already written down and you've already talked about it. You can go back and review it and say, remember, this is what we agreed upon. This is in our contract. Okay. It's just a lot easier to stand, stand your ground when you've already laid it out there than to try to, to try to back it up when you don't have it there. Sometimes I believe people just want to play with a decorator. <laughs> they don't want their experience to end with you. Um, and that's very sweet on their side. On our side, it's not. I mean, it causes a job that should have been done in six weeks, goes on for nine or 10 months. This is not okay. You can't be profitable if you let that happen, okay? It will just totally trash your profit lines. And not that design is all about profit, but you're, you're working for a living. You're supposed to make this, you're supposed to be paid for this, okay? So, so putting some limits there is a good thing. Um, having a end date on your letter of agreement is a really, really simple way to, to get some control over that. Because what happens when somebody can't make a decision or they noodle around or you got one more decision to make and you've already shown her 12 fabrics for the sofa and she still hasn't decided is to say, well, Mary, you know, um, we've got uh, 10 days left on our letter of agreement. Um, and I need you to make that decision so I can get that order in and finish this. You know, otherwise I've got to write a new letter of agreement and I've got to charge you for all this stuff again. And I don't think that's what you want. And to go, oh, no, no, let me do that. You know, so you have a, a, a stopping point, something to stand on to actually call out the boundary and you do it gracefully and kindly. It's not mean and it's not angry. It's just this is how it works. You start out in the beginning explaining how it works and then you stand on the boundaries as you go through. Sometimes people want to shop you. Uh, you know, that's so annoying. That is so, so annoying. Um, there's a couple things you can do about that. And they have to do with letters of agreement too. You want to talk about that ahead of time. If, if they want you to buy everything or they want, they want to buy everything. Now, the thing I will say that hybrid shopping is not good. Not they do some, you do some. Don't do that because it'll turn into a nightmare. But it's something that should be discussed right from the get go. And we would certainly want to vote for, we'll take care of all the purchasing, you know, but if they want to do it, fine. If they want to do the purchasing, great. Use local sources, use Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, that sort of thing. Give it to them and let them go. Go for it. Okay. If they want to come back for advice, you can charge them for it. No problem. But once you've got that, that design done and all those specifications laid out, then there it is. We're finished. Okay. And, you know, purchasing goes one way or the other. The thing I would never, ever, ever, ever let clients do is do their own purchasing on a custom job, like custom cabinetry or that sort of thing. Um, drapery stuff. Don't, don't go there. It'll be a nightmare. It, they don't know how, to, they think they know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. <laughs> it's not going to work. So you, you got to stand your ground. And I know sometimes it's scary to stand your ground with clients because you want the business. You want them to, to, to hire you. But quite frankly, the more you stand the ground, the more they're going to respect you and the more likely you will be hired. It's kind of the opposite of what it feels like. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. So get that piece clear in the very, very beginning. And then finally, on this not making decisions and not moving around with stuff, if your contract calls for you to create a design with three solutions, three selections for any given piece in this space plan, essentially, in this concept, then provide that, okay? 
it doesn't say that I'm going to give you solutions and specifications until you choose something and buy something. That's not it. So really, you know, if you really want to get down to it, you could actually fulfill your contract by designing the whole thing, making three solutions for them, giving them all of that information and saying, here, here's your deliverable. Because the deliverable is the design and all those specifications, not the purchasing part. That's something different. And if they never purchase, well, they never purchase. It's okay. You got paid for the front end and it's fine. So remember that the goal is not necessarily to get them to purchase something. <laughs> okay. If they don't, they don't. It's okay. You could fulfill your contract, finish it. And having been paid, close it out and you're done. Okay. So there's some, some boundary stuff in there. Now, even though you've got some pretty good boundaries, sometimes your clients will ignore it anyway. Even though you've set these things out ahead of time because you know it can cause problems and you know what's going on, um, they tend to just step right through those boundaries, um, kind of almost challenging whether you'll stand on it or not, okay? And it's up to you to take the leadership position and stand up and say, no, this is what's in our contract. This is what I can give you. If you want more, I'm happy to do it, but this is what it costs. Okay. Just like that. Okay. No drama, no anger, no hurt, no, <laughs> no mixed up feelings, just total business. Sure. Happy to, except it costs more. Okay. This is about having systems and rules in your business, which makes life so much easier in dealing with clients makes so much, much more sense. Okay. So even though you put those boundaries in your letter of agreement and you explained it all in the beginning and talked about it, doesn't mean that they're going to remember it. Okay. Or maybe they do remember it and want to ignore it. It's up to you to stand on it and bring it back up and point it out. This is in our agreement. Okay. I fulfilled everything in my contract. I fulfilled um, everything you asked for. Here's your space plans. Here's all the deliverables. Okay. If you want more, I'm happy to give it to you. However, I'd need another five hours to do what you're doing. It, what, what you would like me to do, that'd be about a thousand dollars. Are you good with that? Just like that. Now, another spot is when a client just kind of disappears and we haven't heard from you for two weeks after the last presentation. They say, Oh, great. Let's, let's talk about this. We'll be right back at you. And then silence gone. You could put a clause in your contract with that as well, where you know, you could, you could address that piece because what often happens with those people is something happens. They get busy. I, I understand that. That's, that's cool. However, they just destroyed your workflow. Okay. You know, you've had to go on and work on other projects. And then when they show up three weeks later going, Oh, we're ready to go again. Let's do this. Let's do that. Can you have that ready by the next week? The answer is no. Okay. Because if you're not going to respond to me, then, you know, that's your business, right? Okay. But what happens is that I've got to shut your, your, your job down. And if you want to start back up again, that's great. But you're at the end of the line because I have other people who pay me that I am already dedicated and, and, and focused on completing by certain dates. And I can't move them back because you decided to jump back in again. So your time is at the end. All right. And, and let us take a look at that. Let's figure out when your next appointment will be. Okay. You don't have to have these people slamming you. And just because they think that because they disappeared for three weeks and now they want it back and want it done on time and want you back on schedule. Um, no, 
All right. Now you need to let them know in the, in the middle of this, send an email, you know, after the second email where, where they're not responding and you're, you're wondering what to do because you're losing. You need to start on somebody else's job is, is send an email notice. Say, Hey, since we haven't heard with you, we're closing out your job until we hear from you again. And once we do, we'll take a look at our timing and see how we can get this going again. Something just like that. Now it would be better if that were in the letter of agreement to begin with, but wouldn't wouldn't be bad to do it even if it's not in your letter of agreement. All right, you know, after it happens, you'll probably put in it from then on. You'll have it, but it's it's not an unreasonable thing to to realize that a business has a schedule and you're no longer in it. It's kind of like if you didn't show up for a doctor's appointment and then you called up and say, "Oh, now I need to get in to see Doctor George again," and they'll say, "Well, you know, our first our first appointment is six or eight weeks out." right? That's the way it is, right? If it works for them, it'll work for you. Same thing. So, you know, there has to be a little consequence in these things. Um, and it's not about being upset, and it's not about having a lot of drama, and it's not about you getting beat up and, and having to do things that you shouldn't do or go beyond what your scope of work is, or that sort of thing. It's just a clear rule saying, this is how it works. This is what we'll do. And here it is. Okay, people will accept that and you will feel way better, way, way better. So here's a few tips, some last final things. The more jobs you do, the more you do this, the more you get into this, the better you're going to be able to recognize the red flags. Okay. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, when I'm talking to somebody about a problem we're trying to solve with a client, they're always saying, yeah, the red flags were there from the beginning. She said this. She, 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 you know, didn't like the last decorator she worked with or yeah, what, you know, red flags, you know that. Okay. So the trick is with the red flags is to pay attention to them. The struggle that we have is that sometimes when we don't know where the job is coming from, we're not that busy and we really wish we were more busy, we'll go after jobs that have red flags and say, oh, I can manage this. Oh, I can handle her. It'll be okay. And then, of course, it's not. Okay. I did it many, many times before I finally figured out that I was cutting off my nose every time I did that and that I'm not going to be a bag lady, that the jobs always show up. They always have. They always will. The right client will come. Don't take those clients that have those big red flags because they're not worth it. They're not worth it for the amount of anxiety and, and, and frustration and, and sometimes anger and, and, sadness and everything that comes along with it because they're just not not your your person not your ideal client so you know in dealing with these situations that get crazy you want to just kind of back up if you can take a deep breath you've got to get out of the emotional part of it you got to realize it's not about you it's just business you want to if you need to go out and work out go for a walk do something get away from it so you can back with a clear mind when you when you try to deal with people when you're upset because they're picking on you or saying you did something that you didn't that kind of thing you don't make good decisions okay you're not in a in the place where good decisions come from you're in the fight flight freeze part and that's just a reaction you're not using your cognitive brain to to figure it out okay so you want to give yourself enough space to figure that out and and then when you go back to talk to somebody Create an intention of how you want this conversation to come out, not what you're afraid will happen. And oh, she'll say this, and oh, and what about this? And I know this is going to, you know, don't get out of the negative and start thinking about the positive. If I talk to her about this, this is what I want to happen. 
Okay. This is the win-win situation I'm going to go for. And my intention is to talk to her and end up in that place. Okay. If you will do that ahead of time, it is very likely you will end up where you want to be. Okay. It helps enormously. Okay. And then you can be very clear and concise in your, in your communication and not drop into the drama or argument with her, but just be very clear about what's going on and what kind of a solution you want out of it. And finally, know when to let go. Okay. There's, there are some people that just will not be happy no matter what you do. And you need to accept that. And it doesn't really have anything to do with you and the job you did. It's just who they are and the place they are in their life right now. And that it may be better just to cut the ties and end it. If you have fulfilled everything in your contract, then you can close it out. Now, does that mean you don't get paid? Perhaps, but not being paid for the last little piece could be far better than getting beat up for the next six weeks, okay? And and that prevents you from letting good people in and good energy coming in and prevents you from doing the stuff you love, you know, the creative stuff that, that needs to come out of you for the clients that already hired you, right? So know when to let go. It's okay. You have, you have my permission <laughs> to fire a client when it's time and you can do it gently. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean. But you can just cut the ties and say, that's it, we're done, we're over, and and we're fine, okay? So until next time, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're hearing each week, let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on clear, proven, repeatable, step-by-step recipes for attracting ideal luxury clients I share in each episode. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. Till next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.